0: Hello, America. It's Monday. I've been here for a couple of hours, and I have uh, put all of the show prep together. And as I open my microphone for the first time, I think, almost like when I did my first broadcast over 20 years ago now, I'm not going to start where I thought I was going to start. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you one-on-one. And I want to talk to you about time and how much we waste in one minute.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. I want to talk to you about wasted time. And honestly, um, you know, whenever I open the microphone, when I first go on, everybody knows. It was like this in television and drove Fox News and CNN and everybody out of their mind because... As soon as I open my mouth and we're live, I don't know, I I feel like it's, it's like a date, and every time that we, I can plan for our date, but once we meet, it just becomes what I want to say, and what I want to do with you, and... i spent the last few days um in the hospital with my father-in-law and you know how you know since you were a kid and you sat at the kiddie's table there were all these generations above you there were your older siblings then your your older cousins and then your parents And then their parents. And if you were lucky, maybe some people even older than them, grandparents or. And you've seen them whittle down at the table. I was sitting at the foot of my father-in-law's bed. I'm now the age he was when I met his daughter. And he's had congestive heart failure, and his um, uh, he's had a rough go of it. And so Friday night, I flew the family up to see him. And it was good to be a family again. And as I looked at everyone in the room as we were all gathered in the hospital room, I I realized I'm the next generation to be at the top of the food chain or the bottom of the food chain if God's an eater. My father-in-law has worked really hard his whole life. And what does he have in the end? A great family. And a family who loves him. At the same time this was going on, one of my dear friends, who I've known for a long time, in fact, is the guy who saved my career, told me, Shut up. Stop trying to be somebody that everybody else wants you to be. Just be you. I've worked with him for a very long time. 20 years off and on. And he's been battling kidney failure, and he's down to now 12% kidney function he's got three people lined up ready to go for transplants but at the last minute they found what they think are tumors on his kidneys and if they're cancerous it will most likely be a death sentence because he can't handle the chemo and the therapy And tomorrow morning, at 4 a.m., I'll be driving my eldest daughter, Mary, to the hospital for brain surgery. When it rains, it pours, it seems. I got in this morning... And our head writer and researcher had come in and left right away because his wife had had a car accident and she's okay. I used to think that that is because we're about to do something that is important that we're being pulled off track but i'm not so sure that's right anymore because the only thing that's truly important is our children our family If you've been with me for a long time, you remember me saying, I'm, I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good dad. Well, it's because I was afraid to be a dad. Because I didn't really have a good dad or a dad that was there. And then I married a good woman. who had a good dad. And then... And then I got sick. And I thought to myself, I think this might be it. And it gave me perspective on what was important. And now I wish I had a hundred children. I don't think there's... I don't care if you're 20 years old. There's not a second to waste. I thought about this a lot this weekend. How much time we waste. Think of the man hours in this country alone that have just been dedicated to politics. Think about the, the time we have spent, the energy we have spent. Let alone the resources. The time we've spent destroying people and things. And I don't mean us. I mean mankind. There are things to be stressed out about, but This is not the word I want to use, but there are jerks that are going to be around us forever. Forever. Not going to change that. We're not going to change all jerks. I have spent a lot of time this weekend looking at the faith of my daughter the faith of my friend, the faith of my father. They're all in different places. And I wonder who I will be when it's my turn to face something real troubling. It's one thing to say you have faith, It's another to actually have it. My friend who I lost to cancer last year, who really had faith, who comforted me literally on his deathbed, who spoke of his next birth with excitement, and that he would see me on the other side, You know, I tell some of my atheist friends, and my good atheist friends understand this. Who cares? Who cares if it's real? I think it is. But if it helps you be a better, stronger person, who cares? It's all a puppet show, and I think it's real. I know it's real. But here's the main thing I discovered this weekend. I had a lot of problems early last week. (laughs) I had a lot of things on my mind and a lot of problems. And man, don't know how I'm going to get through all of these things. And then Thursday night, the phone call came. And now I'm praying not for myself. I'm praying for so many others. And I think that's the secret I was supposed to learn, perhaps. No. No. It's something I'm supposed to share with you. I want you to call somebody that you think may be struggling or knows of somebody that is struggling. And I want you to call them. I don't care if you are literally on your deathbed. I want you to call them and I want you to ask How can I pray for you? I think if we all focus on someone else's issue, I think that will be very helpful to all of us. If we lose ourselves in somebody else. Because I just thought of my circle of friends. Just my circle of friends. How many people are impacted by what's happening? How many people are impacted by my father, by my friend, by my daughter? And they're all impacted by somebody else. I talked to a good friend on Thursday who had recently died on the operating table and was brought back. I was taking him out to dinner Thursday before I got a phone call. He said, I don't know why I'm here anymore. I I think I'm done. I said, no, you're not, brother. No, you're not. Stop thinking about you. And I'll stop thinking about me. I'll think about you. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. Get on my Facebook page. Get on my, get on my Instagram page. And go to one of my posts where I talk about what's going on. And I, I want you to post what we can pray for each other on. Don't, don't post about me. Post about you. I want to know what we can do for you back in one minute so we're gonna to get to uh, Iran here in just a second Iran is it's it's quite amazing how the media seems to just be pushing all of this still uh, in fact let's play uh, Alison Camerata from CNN L- listen to what what they're still doing
1: are you surprised that Soleimani's death seems to have united? the people. We saw something like a million people turn out on the street there to commemorate him.
2: Well, I would dispute the premise that it has united the people, certainly not on the streets of Iraq. You would have to only believe Iranian state reporting to think that's true.
1: I I hear you, but we have seen with our own eyes the crowds, the crowd size that did turn out for Soleimani's funeral. Did that surprise you?
2: Well, and in one of the enduring ironies of life, we now have the Iranian Supreme Leader talking about crowd sizes in his own country.
1: Just to be clear, are you saying you don't believe the video of the million people who turned out for his funeral? No, I I have no doubt there are
2: many in Iran uh, who are are wailing at the death uh, of Soleimani.
0: It is amazing to me how we have a media and a Democratic Party that are so lost to the people. I don't, even, I don't even recognize them anymore. I don't think they recognize reality anymore. They don't see... Did you miss... Even I saw this this weekend. Did you miss all of the video of the people that are on the streets that are chanting death to Khomeini? They don't want death to America. Where were your cameras this weekend? Where are you today? Today? Where is the media? Where are the Democrats? It's truly remarkable how the Democrats have left, I think even the Democrats behind. The Democratic Party has has left the voters behind. I I I don't know who, I don't know a single democrat like this. I don't know a single democrat who is who is in as much denial as the Democratic Party leadership and CNN and the other media sources. <laughs> I spent the weekend with people who should have been in denial and weren't. On the toughest of things only to return to work and see the media in absolute denial. Why? Why? What is it they're afraid of?
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.
0: Welcome to the program and uh, welcome to Mr. Pat Gray. Uh, Pat, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm really happy to be here. Are you really happy oh, to be man. here? Yeah, really thrilled. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, you're,
3: is it yeah. your 20th anniversary? Are we celebrating actually today?
0: Oh, are we the celebrating The 20th anniversary.
3: Today? I, I, you didn't celebrate on Friday. Well, we did. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mm-hmm. celebrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was some mirth,
1: <laughs> <and> merriment,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wasn't there? You know what? You know what? Uh, uh, should we should we play one of the uh, the flashbacks? Mm-hmm. Which ones, Stu? Do you think? Uh, I don't, I don't know Sarah. Which, which one uh, do you want? To uh, know? Play uh, play the commercials. The uh, play that one. Yeah, that here's twenty years ago. Beck News, always on your side. Experiencing the trust of Glenn Beck and trusting always the experience of Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck is on your side, and you're gonna have a hell of a time peeling him off. That's why we at the Amnesty Society have created a new directive dedicated to passing comprehensive amnesty reform. It's called the Amnesty Society's Safe Harbor of Legal Equality. Or a**hole. <laughs> please join the apples in our fight for amnesty for all illegal immigrants. Do you need a date? Are you a desperate fat slob, sick of the opposite sex turning you down like your Dick Gephardt? Looking for the Democratic presidential nomination? Well then, have we got a plan for you? It's one nine hundred date like Glenn. That's right. Get your hottie by listening to a naughty. Just call or Dude. You're a loser, baby.
1: Worst color, dude. So why don't you call me? <laughs>
0: When Gavin Newsom asked us to follow his lead, we responded. No, we did not sleep with our friends' wives. We helped save a planet by collecting plastic bags to donate to San Francisco. Introducing the all-new Suppress People Who Vote By Yard Signs disenfranchising poll. New from Exploitico.
2: Designed by Halliburton, built on the backs of poor minorities, and distributed by John Ashcroft, the suppressed people who vote by yard signs disenfranchising poll easily extends out to confiscate and destroy those annoying Carrie Edwards signs, all from
0: the comfort of your Bentley. (laughs) Digital angel, don't be
2: scared.
0: It's not the mark of the beast. Don't fence me in.
2: Tonight on Frontline, we investigate the secret life of Glenn
0: Beck talk show host by day, exotic belly dancer by night. The world thinks it knows all about this new father and longtime compulsive waffle guzzler. But what is he hiding?
1: Thank you for calling the Glenn Beck program. Press one to speak with Glenn Beck. Press two to leave him a voicemail. However, please be careful leaving Glenn Beck a voicemail as you may contract anthrax or more likely a sexually transmitted disease. Please continue to hold. It's Evil and Incorporated. <laughs> and it's not just for bad people anymore. <laughs>
2: no. It's the new line of kids' lunchboxes from Evil Incorporated. Get a free gift with a donation of your soul. And $10 or more to moveon.org. It's
1: Evil Incorporated. <laughs> and it's not just for bad people
0: I think that's what I wanted to call mm. the company at one point. You did. Uh-huh. I, I, I think instead of Mercury, I wanted to change it to Evil Incorporated,
2: uh, <laughs> <But> <laughs> and just, nobody would go along with me. Yeah, there's a there's a hesitation that some companies might not want to do business with an Evil Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, well, that would be.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was. I just thought it was more frank than you know. Uh, uh, what what is what is Google's old policy? Don't be, don't be evil. evil. Don't be evil. And we knew they were. So I thought, you know, why don't we say we're evil even though we're not? Because <laughs> everybody thinks we're evil. Let's just embrace it.
2: But no. It just uh, seemed like a lot of people were like, you know, a hostess just signs a deal with Evil. Was not, I didn't think that the <laughs> press release that would great. look great. <laughs> I thought that would be great. We probably wouldn't have gotten the CNN
0: show. You know, yeah. CNN inks a deal with CEO of Evil Incorporated. Right. Yeah, well, probably. CNN, I mean, you might have. These <laughs> days, would that, it would actually no. worked out. It would.
3: Mm. It would. It would.
0: Uh, all right. So there is, um There's a couple of things that I noticed in the actual newspaper. First of all, they still exist newspapers yes wow. i found these Who at knew? the hospital huh i don't know if they're old antiques or what but <laughs> uh if so i ripped up their display anyway <laughs> um the um, uh, there's two stories one this one's out of the new york post and it's women in labor and it just says women overtake men in u.s workforce and it talks about how many women are now on the job and how how well they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Then uh from USA Today, women of the century, uh let USA Today know who's your inspiration. And it talks about all the inspiring women of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, could we could we just maybe just talk for a second about I don't know, guys? No. No, no, we can't. No, we can't. can't. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, (laughs) because we're tearing apart all of the guy icons. Anybody who is a good guy, anybody who we used to look up to, and anybody who's actually, you know, a, a sign of any kind of virility at all is out. Have you seen, this ties into what
3: you're talking about, the aeronauts on Amazon? Yes. Do you know the story? No um it's uh it's about a meteorologist in eighteen sixty two who mm. goes up in a hot air balloon, yes, with a pilot yes, uh the pilot is a woman right mm. yes. uh, a yeah. wealthy woman, except no, the woman was a man, but they changed her in the movie for some reason to be a woman. Well, this is an actual event that really happened, an important event in human history. It was a man who piloted that hot air balloon. And for some reason, they saw fit to make it into a woman because now. there are no what? stories what anymore. You deal? can't
0: have you uh, go to. Uh, I, this is my last book with Simon and Schuster, uh, and uh, it's been a glorious, glorious, wonderful ride. And I appreciated everything that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some would say that when it comes to uh, fiction books, all publishing houses are now saying you can't do that story with that strong male character and they're saying it they can't do it with a strong male character because boys aren't reading books anymore well maybe boys aren't reading books anymore because there is no strong male characters right i mean yeah. everything has everything is being dictated i talked to mm-hmm. somebody who just left the publishing world uh, themselves and they said they write fiction for young adults. They, they can't do it anymore. They said everything is being dictated. You have to have these kinds of norms. You have to have this kind of storyline. You have to have a strong female protagonist. W- hmm. What is left for the boys? I mean, this society is so crazy. I'm not anti-union. I'm not. And I'm not anti-corporation. I don't think the average person is. I like balance. I like when the corporation isn't so far out of control that they can squash the worker. And I like it when the union is there to bring that corporation back into reality and be good to the worker. Why, why must we always do extremes? Unions weren't bad originally. They were necessary. Unions now are out of control. But here's what's crazy. So are some corporations. Yeah. Why is it always? Why, why do we have to destroy the boy to lift to up the girl? Yeah. It shouldn't be that way.
3: But it it, it is right now. It is. And you, and you look at Hollywood, too, and all the movies that are coming out. Are are seemingly all female based as well. There's the female hero in virtually all of them, books, movies, TV shows.
2: Yeah, and it's such a strange thing. Star Wars, right? Like Star Wars, every everything, right? And there's nothing wrong with having those stories too, right? Like, no, they should both right. exist, but, but the, it doesn't have to be all. I, I, of, I went know. to a
0: bookstore for my granddaughter, and uh, and I was looking for a, a book, and all I could find. All I could find, and I have no problem, but all I could find were great American hero women. Now, I happen to be looking for a little girl, that's fine. But as I'm looking and I notice, it's all girls. It's all women. Where are the men's stories?
2: Yeah, and it seems like they're what to to this movement of like political correctness and and this movement where this woke culture, right, is theoretically. Designed to get rid of these past injustices, right? Where like there was racism or You're sexism. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like back, if you look back at the, the look back at the racist era, the era, the uh, the sexist era, the anti, you know, the homophobic era, right? What you would say is that identity was incredibly important. Right, like that's you look at like a Richard Spencer today, identitarian. Like you, mm-hmm. that is what defines you. The only thing that defines you is your skin color, is your sexual uh, uh, orientation, is it your gender, whatever it is, your nationality, and to f- supposedly fight against that. Here we are again, where now the only thing that's important is your gender or your color or your sexual orientation. Instead of people just being individuals and being known for their individual characteristics, used to say all, jokingly on the air all the time. Uh, that I don't hate people because of their skin color or their gender. I find good reasons to hate people because I get to know them, and then I hate them. <laughs> and like that, <laughs> that is like where we Just sh- spend the time, spend the time, Give it good quality hate exactly. And it's like you, people don't <laughs> people don't respect that anymore. Like the whole that that was it was like identity is really important. And then Martin Luther King comes in and says, you know, skin color is not your identity. Like you're you're supposed to be you know content of your character. And we've gone way past that now where that is like ancient history. And now it is the most important thing. Again, you just have to now like a different group of people. And like, that's just insanity. That's that we, we, that's not evolution. That's not progressive. That's regressive. We're going back to the old days. We're just picking different groups.
0: So where do we gain? Where, where are we? And that's the thing that I think people are sick of. I don't think people mm-hmm. mind. Nobody mind. The reason why political correctness gets a toehold is because good people don't mind. They don't want to hurt people. They don't want to ups- upset people because you're you're you know handicapped and, okay, handicapable, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it moves to a place to where, wait a minute, I'm offending everyone else. Now we've got preferred
3: pronouns. Yeah. And and did we even draw the line there? I'm not going to call a person they
0: or them. <laughs> it just
3: doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to refer to you somebody. in the plural. We no. know
0: somebody whose child we all knew and we all were, you know, in our 30s when we knew that is now a them. Their preferred pronoun is them or
2: they. They them? They them. It's always more than one. Yeah, and it's, it's like, never, well, like, wait, wait, they, wait, wait,
0: wait. What happened? What happened to you? What uh-huh. happened to you? That's ridiculous. You're not a they. <laughs> you're not. You're not. not. You're not more than one person. English. No, <laughs> no, it's not. We used to it's call that right. the royal we. What is that, the royal we? Yeah. No. No, now it's just a preferred <laughs> pronoun. <laughs> Welcome to the program. I want to play this clip from Rashida Taleb and and just just ask, as a mom, how's she doing?
1: Listen. You know, my son Adam is literally my policy advisor. I'm not joking. If you ever met him, I mean, my team, everybody will tell you it's like, oh, it's Adam speaking. You know, he's a person. He's like, I'm so tired, mom, of people saying capitalism and socialism. Why not peopleism? No. You know. No. He, he one time, I was in a meeting with Chairwoman Maxine Waters and two other colleagues about pushing this uh, amendment to stop fossil fuel investment. Us, the government, stop investing in fossil fuels. And he whispers to me, Mom, can I have a piece of paper? And of course, he doesn't know how to whisper. Um, And I give him this piece of paper. You know, he sometimes likes to sketch. So I'm thinking he's drawing over there. Before that meeting ended, he handed me the piece of paper. I had posted it. And he said, Mom, you got to tell him. He says, we only have until 2030. Like, he was giving me these talking points. And at the oh. end of the meeting, I put it up and I share it to share me, share, chairwoman waters and my colleagues. And she just smiled. And I thought to myself, God, if we could just clear the room and sometimes put kids in the room.
0: Yes. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> Her kid believes that 2030, we're done. Is you're bragging about that what kind of hope does your child is your child growing up with what kind of hope do they have if they believe the world is over in 2030 and by the way new year's day 2031 what are they going to think of you